time to hear God's word. Somebody please say, take your Bible or whatever gadget you have and say, this is the word of the Lord. It is beneficial to me. And if you can, please stand up. If you have uh, the version that you have there, we can read. Uh, If you don't, then I will read my version. Let me see what you have there, then we can share it together. Okay, so I am reading from ASV. Uh, ASV. That may not be the version the preacher will use, but let me just uh, let the words come close. So please stand up together and you are looking at, let's read the word together. Yes, like that. We have been standing, uh, sitting for a while. I am reading from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17 to 20. Very few verses that we shall be sharing uh, from today. I am reading my version, but just, just go through yours. Wherefore, be ye not foolish but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunken with wine, wherein is riot, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking one to, one, one to another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all the things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. Let's uh, sit uh, together. And um, I am introducing the speaker today, Shedrach Akoi, who is an elder. So Elder Shedrach Akoi is an elder in Nairobi Baptist Church. He is involved in a very unique uh, ministry that I envy, the ministry uh, working with the deaf community. And um, we, we, we don't use that word now, is this the non-hearing, the non-hearing community, ministering their very unique ministry. Uh, when I grow up, I would like to get involved, uh, like you, Elder Kakoi. He's married and a very seasoned uh, preacher. He's a little bit fatigued because yesterday he spent a very busy day and a very busy week. May the Lord give you the grace. Let us pray for you. Heavenly Father, behold uh, the time that has come for us to listen to you, the fruitfulness to cease. We trust you, Lord, for clarity. We trust you, Lord, that we may remain alert. And we pray that, Lord, you give us the strength of memory that we remember and connect these things easily because, Lord, you are able to do that for us. I pray for grace and clarity and strength and anointing upon your servant in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen and God bless you. Karibu sana elder. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, What a blessed morning to be able to share with you. Praise the Lord that uh, I'm told the speaker can now take off the mask because of the preaching um, and difficulties in breathing. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Look forward to a time when we'll be able to take all these masks off But for now, we'll keep them. We thank God for our our shepherd, a blessed man of God. We praise God for you. Can we clap the Lord for him? Amen. We thank you for the heart that you have to shepherd us. And um, we, we really, really are thankful to you. Amen. About four and a half years ago, we went through the book of Ephesians here. If you remember... Uh, chapter by chapter, and uh, if you recall, we said that Ephesians is divided into two, uh, just clearly two parts of that book. The first one is chapter one to three, and we call that orthodoxy, ortho meaning correct and doxy doctrine, the correct doctrine, 
And then chapter 4 to 6, orthopraxy, all the correct practice, the things that we should do. You've heard people say, don't be too spiritual until you have no earthly use. This is a book that is both spiritual and is of earthly use. In other words, it tells us spiritual things and gives us practical things about our life. It is Watchman Lee, as we said about four and a half years ago, who divides this book into three things. He says the book of Ephesians is very simple. It can be divided into three simple things. One, sit. Two, walk. Three, stand. Next week, we will be looking at the third part, stand. And that's basically taken from chapter 6, verse 10 onwards. Remember the Bible says in 6.10, Ephesians 6.10, Finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So that is for next week. The standing part, the power of prayer. But I will go back to the first one and the second one, which is sit and stand. Are we together? Now, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 and 26, um, let me read just 1 and 20. Uh, just before that, it says that power is like the power working in his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ, which when he, was, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. And in chapter 2 verse 6, it says, God has raised us with Christ and has seated, in other words, sit there, seated us with him in the heavenly realms. In other words, the Bible says, God has raised Jesus and sat him in a high place. It says, in the right hand of God. That is a place of authority and honor. And in chapter 2 verse 6 it says, Equally, we have been raised with Jesus Christ and we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. Now this metaphor, this is a metaphor of seating us. You know, a metaphor is like when I say, uh, you are a lion. You know, that doesn't mean that you live in Nairobi National Park, right? Um, although you might be living if you grabbed some of the land, that's, but that's not the, the point. Uh, it means that you are strong, right? There's a point of comparison. Uh, when the Bible says that we are seated with Christ, the point of comparison is the privileges, the honor, the authority, and the function we are involved in. The honor, the privileges, the authority and function. In other words, if you were just to speak in a layman's language, you would say like this. God has given us important work to do with Christ together with the privileges, honor, and authority that come with it. If you read through chapter 1 to 3, you will see all those privileges and honor that come with that. And that's basically telling us 
we are special. In chapter 1, verse 4 and to 7, it says, He chose us before the creation of the world. We did not just happen. We are not backdoor people. We are chosen people. And in love, he predestined us. He planned that we were going to become his adopted sons right from the word go. In him, we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of, his glo- of God's grace. He has redeemed us. He has bought us with the precious blood. In Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, in him, we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Down there it says, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, we receive the Holy Spirit who marked us with a seal. Ephesians 2, 1-2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But God raised us from those. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved. We are saved by grace. Ephesians 3, 6. These are some of the benefits we've gotten. The genders are heirs together with Israel. In other words, we are, we are counted as God's people, even though we are not Israelites. Today we are counted as God's people. And we can go on and on. And when you go through chapter 1 to 3, it gives us the idea that we are royalty. We are sons and daughters of God. Our worth is immeasurable. The other day I was reading, just I stumbled upon an article online. It was talking about the royal family. And... Uh, it is a big honor to be part of the royal family. It's like everybody really looks forward to be part of the royal family in the UK. It's a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And uh, connecting that to the second part of Ephesians, the walking part, if you are part of the royal family, there is a certain way you are supposed to behave. There is a certain way you are supposed to dress. There is a certain way you are supposed to eat, talk, interact, discipline your children. There is a certain, because you are royalty. There are many rules and protocols to follow because you are royal. For example, the queen must approve the person you want to propose to. You cannot just walk to Rongai and find uh, uh, Reverend Kasima's beautiful daughters and you think, oh, Praise God. You have to go back and get approval from the queen because you are royal. Another thing is that because you are royal, there are no nicknames. You will stick with your name. I told you the other day, I, I looked at somebody's phone, how they had saved me, and they had saved me as Diguna Mahogany. Now, <laughs> there, there are no nicknames because you are Royal. In other words, you are supposed to walk in a certain way. And that leads us to the second part of Ephesians, which is basically chapter 4 to chapter 5, which our text today is involved. If you look at chapter 4 to chapter 5, five times 
Paul uses the word walk. In 4.1 he says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. In 4.17 he says, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In other words, you must walk in holiness. In 5.2 it says, walk in love. In 5.8 it says, walk as children of light. And 5.15 says, look carefully, then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the wise, walk in wisdom. And that's where we will be doing today. As you see, this year our theme is seize the moment, and that's taken in from Ephesians 5.15 to 16, that we need to be careful then how we live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. In other words, the text today we will be looking at just basically tells us we should not be foolish. We should walk as the wise. When I was growing up, there is a story that was doing rounds somewhere near me. Say that somebody was walking in the streets of Nairobi from those areas where I come from, and they won charity sweepstake, one million. So all of a sudden, a common man was a millionaire, and that was many years ago. Um, so their status changed. They became people of honor all of a sudden, and they were greeted differently, you know, the way we greet uh, serious people, right? If you see you are greeted, you know, you know our societies. And uh, when this man became a millionaire, um, all of a sudden his life changed. He would come to the place where we pick matatus to go to our home, and they would sit near there, there is a bar there, just uh, drinking some beer, waiting for the matatu, the Nissan, the 14-seater, to become almost full. And when it is about remaining two or three people, he would show up and say, this matatu has been hired by me. And uh, he would give double the amount, so you people would be asked to leave, and they would sit at the back left, and be driven to the village. Well, everybody would be left asking, and who is that? And then, when he's in the village, he would show up in the, net, in the, near, in the market and ask, uh, by the way, which direction is Malindi from here? And they uh, he would be told, uh, it's a down course. He said, let's go there. He's a millionaire, right? And uh, I think when he's in Malindi, he could ask, and where is Butere? Brother Emmanuel. <laughs> and uh, he says, let's head to Butere. Well, it didn't take long. Now, this guy was in a position of honor. But did he walk wisely? Did he live in wisdom? The Bible says, we are people who have honor. God has given us a place of honor as believers. So the way we walk, the text of the Bible tells us we must walk in 
wisdom. For this reason, in 17, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the will of God is. That takes us definitely back to verse 15. When you see something telling you, therefore, or for this reason, you look backward a little bit. And it it tells us at the beginning of 17, do not, therefore, do not be foolish in the NIV. Therefore, it takes us a little back to 15, which says, consider carefully how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. The Bible tells us that we need to walk carefully. And basically, walking carefully is that we need to be careful of the decisions that we make. And when it comes to the decision-making process, the Bible groups us in two. Foolish And wise people. Now, although the Bible says they are foolish people, I have never met anybody who says I am foolish. Have you ever met somebody who says, Everybody thinks they are wise in their own way, right? Even me. Even you. But the Bible tells us they are foolish people. You know... The word foolish appears 74 times in the Septuagint in the book of Proverbs alone. <laughs> Proverbs 10:23 A fool finds pleasure a fool finds pleasure in evil conduct. A few of the characteristics that we see revealed about fools in the book of Proverbs They find pleasure in evil. They just love evil. They are lazy in chapter 24, verse 10. They have uncontrolled tongues. They don't control the things they say. Chapter 18, verse 6 to 7 and 29 to 20. And therefore they end up telling lies. They slander. They quarrel. They are quick-tempered. They are proud. They hate knowledge. They despise advice or correction. And they are reckless and careless. But being who we are, being people who have been bought by the precious blood of Being exalted by God, we are encouraged not to be foolish. This year, are you going to be walking in wisdom or are you going to be walking in foolishness? Watch carefully how you live. You may ask, how can I walk carefully? How can I be wise? Just four things briefly and we will conclude. Number one, be wise by taking advantage of every opportunity that comes to you because the days are evil. Hebrews 9.27 says, 
It is appointed for men to die once. And after that judgment, as our pastor said yesterday, I traveled up country for a burial ceremony. And every time I go to a burial ceremony, there's old people, young people. It, it doesn't choose. We should know that we don't have a lot of chance. In other words, if you were told next year will be your final year around, how are you going to live? Are you going to live in wisdom or are you going to live in a foolishness? Take advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. And Proverbs Psalms 90.12 says, Lord, teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. That we may gain a wise heart. So take advantage of every opportunity that presents to you to serve God and for the glory of God. Number two, be wise by understanding what the will of God is. In verse 17 it says, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the will of God is. Is Bible says that we need to understand what the will of God is. When we talk about understanding the will of God, it's not just knowing. It is both knowing what the will of God is and doing. If you look at the Lord Jesus, when he spoke, most times when he talked about the will of God, he talked about doing the will of God. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of God who is in heaven, the will of my Father who is in heaven. John six thirty eight. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Sometimes it's possible we are doing our own will. But God wants us to do the will of God. Mark chapter 3 verse 35. Whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister. So God wants us to do his will if we are going to be in that group of wisdom. Maybe you are asking, and what is the will of God? Um, Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. I think this, is, this sums it in some way. It says... And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord, to honor the Lord, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, and to serve your, the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving to you today. Number three, other way to be wise is not to get drunk <laughs> on wine, for it leads to debauchery. I went to the dictionary quickly because that sounded like a big word. I don't know, I think it was taught when I was absent that afternoon. Um, it means extreme indulgence in bodily pleasures. Especially sexual pleasure, behavior including sex, drugs, alcohol, etc., etc., funny dancing styles I would, I would have, you know. Be wise by not drinking wine, not, don't get drunk on wine. When Paul is writing this uh, epistle, you might wonder, 
how come? Because the next thing he says, but be filled by the Spirit of God. And that's the fourth thing we'll be doing there. You might wonder, why does Paul tell us, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? I think you remember during the Pentecost, um, when the Holy Spirit came down, people thought the disciples were drunk. But people, many commentators think that generally drunkenness was a problem in the Greco-Roman world. They would even drink so that they could experience an emotional or religious phrase or trance-like state to be united to God. Um, I don't know if your communities in Africa have similar practices. My community has one where people used to dance and dance and dance until you are possessed. And after that, you don't know what you are doing. You speak things that you don't know. Um, you, that type of thing. And uh, sort of beer and wine, when you are drunk, possesses you that you do things that you later regret. But also, it's possible that Paul is borrowing from the wisdom literature. Because in Proverbs chapter 20, for example, it warns us and says, wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. <laughs> it continues in 23 to say that who has seen war? In other words, who has seen problems? Nani ameona mashida? Who has sorrow? You know sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? You've seen uh, needless bruises. Who has bloodshot eyes, eyes that are red? Those who linger around wine. Paul condemns drunkenness because he says it's basically an utter and senseless waste. Just because of time, I'll go to the fourth one. Be wise by choosing to be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, the background of getting filled with the Spirit of God is the temple. If you remember in the Old Testament, the Bible would say that the, spirit, the, God, the glory of God would come down and fill the temple. Now in the New Testament, the Bible says that we are the temple of God, of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It means to submit daily to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul continues to say, this, there are some things that will happen if you are filled by the Holy Spirit. Other commendators of the Bible say, there are things that will help you to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you up. To control your life, to take over your life. And number one in verse 19, communication with one another by means of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And uh, in the Old Testament, the, the songs and hymns were common as a way of worship and to praise God. And that is similar, it's taken over in the New Testament. And that's why when we come to church, we have praise and worship, we sing to the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 says, When the church assembled, 
believers were to have among them, among other things, a psalm and other things there, psalms and hymns and stuff like that. And so, if one is filled by the Holy Spirit, as we are saying that we ought to be filled by the Holy Spirit, we will have songs of praise coming out of us naturally. Naturally, praising God naturally. Are you going to be wise this year to use your time, whether in church, out of church, flowing out of you songs and hymns of praise to God? Number two, the second resultant characteristic of being filled by the Holy Spirit is making music to the Lord in your heart. Okay? Clearly, singing is not just verbalizing, but it it involves the heart. Music is one way in which we minister to the Lord and minister to others. And so, Lord is encouraging us in us that as we walk about, we have a song in our hearts. The third thing that is a result of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us is giving thanks For everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you see a believer who is continually giving thanks, just know the Holy Spirit is controlling their life. If you see a believer who is continually complaining, uh, ask them, brother, uh, do you want to let the Holy Spirit take more charge of your life? And the final characteristic of, submission, of, of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit is submission to one another. Submission to one another. We know that you are being led by the Holy Spirit if you are submissive to your leaders, if you are submissive to your spouses, submission to one another. And so as I conclude, I pray that this year, as a chosen generation... As people who are precious and special to God, as a royal people, as priests, as holy people, as God's special people who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, that we will walk in wisdom. By walking in wisdom, we will take advantage of every opportunity that the Lord brings to us. That we will walk by understanding and do the will of God. And that we will submit daily to the voice of the Spirit of God. And thus be filled by the Spirit of God. Let's pray together as we conclude. Maybe you are here and you think, um, listening to these words, whether you've been walking in wisdom or foolishness. And I think the Spirit of God is here today convicting us, helping us to understand the ways in which we have been walking. I want to ask you to take a minute and to pray to the Father to help you walk in wisdom, to make the right decisions, to help you take advantage of every opportunity that the Lord brings to you. To help you to walk in understanding and doing the will of God. And to help you submit every single day to the voice of the Spirit. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word. We thank you because your word comes to us to correct us, to rebuke us, to teach us, to encourage us. 
And this morning, as we sit in your presence, we lift our hearts to you. We ask that you will help each one of us to walk in wisdom in this year. We ask that you will help us to make the right decisions. We ask that, Lord, you give, give each one of us to take advantage of every opportunity that you give us, to understand your will and to do it, and to submit daily to the voice of the Spirit of God, who would daily fill us. Forgive us when we have not done so, and we pray that you would empower us by the power of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you very much. Let's give a clap unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Yes, Lord, we stand challenged by your word because your word is more than a two-edged sword. It cuts, it breezes our hearts to heal us. And we look back, Lord, in our lives. In the years gone by and the days gone by, that we squandered opportunities. We did not grab the opportunities that came our way, partly because we lacked wisdom. The opportunity we had to present ourselves, and we got into the drug world, and we got consumed in wine, in lavishness, Lord. Even impulsive spending, spending beyond our means and losing the great inheritance that you gave us. We rested too much and slept and remained in slumber. By now we ought to be greater than this. By now we ought to have uh, many sons and daughters, spiritual sons and daughters behind us. But we did not listen to the dealings of the Holy Spirit. We did not depend upon you, Lord. We remained uh, carnal and self-centeredness. We missed great opportunities. People have come away in our houses, in parties where we worked. People who got lost, some of them have died without knowing you, yet they came away. And Lord, you hoped that we would uh, be useful to bring many sons uh, to the Lord. And the chances just slipped us. That the church suffered while we lived. That music ministry suffered while we sat. That the church and the suffering went continued uh, to suffer while we slept instead of waking up at night to pray. Lord, we are sorry for the things that we have done. We defiled our bodies even in our early years. We did not position ourselves eh, where you placed us. We are sorry for the things we have done. Some of us accepted you and the backslid, eh, and they are out there crying, lost, desperate, tortured by the enemy, despised, eh, dear Lord. And they come to you. Someone is coming to you this morning saying, Lord, the wisdom that is in you, I come back to it. And as they come back to you, Lord, accept them and pick them up again so that they may not only uh, sit, but they can walk serving you and enjoying your presence. Eh, 
Some of us made blunders in our families, made blunders in the things that we do, but we come back to the wisdom that is found in you. Even asking the Lord to fill us with the Spirit of God. And therefore, Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you once more time. Touch me once more time, Holy Spirit. Touch me again. Touch me again. I'm available again. Touch me. Touch my heart which is broken before you. Touch me once more, Lord. So then, therefore, Lord, here we are, Holy Spirit. This is our prayer. Touch me again. Revive me again, Lord. Revive my faith, Lord. Revive me from my sleeping. Revive me, dear Lord, and wake me up again to wake up to prayer, to wake up to ministry, to wake up to serving you, to wake up to wisdom, dear Lord. This is my prayer in the name of Jesus, the Lord and Savior of my soul and therefore it is well with you my dear believer it is well with your soul may the lord be with you if you can lift your hands now even as we pray together may the lord be with you may he cause his face to shine before you may he protect you his beloved because he loved you with an everlasting love on monday and tuesday and wednesday and thursday and friday and saturday the snares of the enemy and the arrows that come by day and night the arrows that we may not know those unknown woes and the and the battles may the lord protect you may the lord protect you may the lord throw them away unless except those that he has allowed to edify you. Therefore, may the Lord protect you in Jesus' name, and may the Lord bless you and expand your territory. May the Lord make you favored. May he give you wealth you never dug. May the Lord give you a song on Sunday because of his faithfulness, because this we pray in the name of God, who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's give a clap unto the Lord.